Boker Tov, and welcome to the beginning of the third and final chapter of Masachat Moed Katan. That introduction is a little bit misleading because the final chapter of Moed Katan is longer than the rest of the Masachat and is going to take us into some very interesting uh, avenues. We will read most of the comprehensive material in the Shas on the issues of Avelut and related issues of Nidui and Shamta in this parak, uh, but to begin, one introductory note, and I have it on the on the page, is um, there is a prohibition of shaving and doing laundry on Chol HaMoed, which is not generated by a concern about Malacha, although Tosfot at the beginning suggests that a full shaving and haircut might be an Isser Malacha. The problem of taking care of getting chef shaving on Chol HaMoed is an issue related to something we saw at the end of Masachat that the Anshem Mishmar, uh, during their week, were not allowed to shave or do laundry during the week in order to ensure that they would prepare in advance their grooming and their clothes and shave and do laundry before their week came. And so the notion is that in order to make sure that everybody prepares properly for Yom Tov and gets a nice haircut, etc., the rabbis prohibited doing such a thing during Chol HaMoed. And as such, our Mishnah introduces the exceptions to that rule. People who, for one reason or another, either because of circumstance or because of halachic limitation, were not able to do either personal grooming or preparation of clothes before the Chag, and therefore the prohibition is relaxed in their case. One particular fellow we need to talk about is someone we're not necessarily that familiar with, and that is a minudet. But when we get to it, I'll explain it. And I have that as a second note on the page. The following are allowed to shave on Cholom O'ed. Somebody who comes from a journey overseas and arrives, uh, let's say, at just before Yom Tov, arrives on Cholom O'ed. Somebody who just got out of captivity. Somebody who just got out of prison. Uh, and all of these are people who, due to their circumstances, were not able to uh, to shave before the Yom Tov. A menudeh is somebody who is essentially in contempt of court. And uh, once he has been invited, we're going to see this over the course of the next few days, the details of Nidui and Shamta and when, person, when a person and how a person is placed in that circumstance. But once he has been placed in that circumstance, there are all sorts of prohibition of that, in that status. There are all sorts of prohibitions that uh, obtain uh, that affect his social interaction, his business interaction, even his personal grooming, and he acts somewhat like an avel, like a mourner. And therefore, he does not take a haircut. So let's say that that nidui was lifted on Chol HaMoed, something we will discuss a little bit today and later on this year, then he's allowed to shave. Let's say somebody had a vow of abstinence, which did not allow them to take haircuts, and they had the vow lifted on, on Chol HaMoed by doing She'elat Chacham, Something we will deal with in detail in Masachat Edarim. Uh, if you have a Nazir who finishes his 30 days and has to shave, or a Mitzorah who finishes his process of Tzarat and has to shave as part of the Tahara, and either of those days falls out of Cholom then he can shave. Uh, in that case, he's obligated to shave. The following are allowed to launder Cholom Somebody who comes, again, from a journey, 
in captivity, somebody comes out of prison, Again, somebody who is minudeh is not allowed to do laundry as a minudeh. The same thing with the neder. And now we have some exceptions that are unique, as we had nazir and mitzoro, which are unique to shaving. Here we have some exceptions unique to laundry. Hand towels, and the towels that barbers use. Towels that are used for bath. Those you're allowed to, to, to launder because they get dirty quite often. Anybody who is anybody who is in the process of becoming tahor and they're allowed to do laundry, and the idea is that they want to be metahir their clothes and the vessels. Everyone else is not allowed to do either laundry or haircuts. And now the Gemara immediately addresses that last statement. So why is no one else allowed? This is as I mentioned in the introduction. So the people of the Mishmar and the Ma'amad, which is the Israelite parallel outside of Yerushalayim to the Mishmar, are not allowed to, to take haircuts, to take laundry. They're allowed to do it on Thursday, Nikfor HaShabbat. My time, why did they prohibit that? So they should not enter, enter their Mishmar in a disgraceful the manner with unkempt hair, etc. The same thing here. Parenthetically, what that means is that anybody who is allowed to shave on Cholomoid is actually obligated to shave on Cholomoid because they have to look nice for the regal, which means there really is no possible position of saying you are allowed to shave, either you're not allowed or you're obligated. Or Rabbi Zera. Let's say that on Erev Yom Tov, when you were going to get at your haircut, do laundry, and then instead of being taken away in captivity or something like that that's out of your control, suddenly you lost something major and you spent the whole day looking for it. So do we say that since on Erev Yom Tov, just like the cases in our Mishnah, you were anus, it was out of your control because you had this terrible thing that you were trying to solve? Or perhaps because it's not something that's obvious to anyone. In other words, everyone sees you in town two days before Yom Tov. They see you in town for Yom Tov. And you look unkempt. Maybe there's no hat there. This is borrowed from Masachat Psachim, where they said that the people of Baitus were able to dress up their matzot in such a way that it wouldn't become chametz. So the ruling was that they are allowed to do it. And Abayah challenges well, and it's going to become very uh, subjective. Where these guys think is okay and those guys things aren't okay, you have to have one solid rule. So you can't say that a guy who lost something that's major is mutter. If he lost it's minor, it's not mutter. I mean, we're going to draw the the, the point, the, draw the line. Time out. We do have exceptions like that. We have a guy who's in town, and it's a guy who never has only one uh, cloak, one outer garment. He's allowed to wash it on cholamoid. So put, bring your same challenge that everybody will think, oh, this guy's mutter and other people aren't mutter. No, there it's very different. If somebody, when is the problem going to happen? When somebody sees him doing laundry, well, when they see him doing laundry, they're going to see that he's wearing some sort of a robe because he doesn't have anything else, and therefore they'll understand he's washing his only garments. Here, a guy goes, is a normal guy, and he goes to get a, he looks, enters Yontif looking disheveled. Nobody knows that on Erev Yontif, when they weren't watching him, he was running around looking for something. So therefore, we can't equate the two cases. Rashi Matni, 
He learned it differently. Not a regular guy, but an artisan who lost something related to his work and spent the whole day looking around, and everybody now knows it because everybody was coming to him on Erev Yontif to get this fixed and that fixed, knows that he's not there because he's looking for his Avedah. Came unto Uman Humuchamilta, since he's an artisan, everybody knows about it and it's okay. But perhaps it's not as obvious as the fellow who got let out of prison or the other case in a Mishnah. Lo, and the answer is Teku. So it seems to be that in the first case it would be a flat out no. It seems to be. And in this case we would leave it as a Teku. Our mission does not accord with Rabbi Yehuda. said that if you come from a journey, unlike prison, you can't shave. And Rabbi Yehuda seems to be saying something to the effect of, well, why did you leave on a journey that was going to get you back at this point? But then Rabbi Yehuda adds the line that you left inappropriately. Now, meaning it was you're not allowed, you're not allowed to leave on a journey that's going to get you back at that point. So we're going to minimize the dispute. Lashut, which means just to go on a boat trip, just for the heck of it. Everybody agrees is Asur, to go on a trip that's going to get you back to Sefer Yontif. Of course, that's providing that you're not able to shave and do laundry on the boat. Limazonot, if you're going out to earn a living for your family, everybody understands that's Mutar, and you're allowed to go, even if it means getting you back on Cholomoid, or on Erev Regal, it means you're going to have to shave during Cholomoid. The only machloka between Yehuda and Chachamim is minimized now, is when he's going out to make, make extra profit. So he's going for business, but it's not business that's absolutely necessary. So Yehuda considers it similar to a luxury trip, and therefore it's Asur. And Chacham consider it, it's part of livelihood, and therefore it's Mutar. Now, we have the following challenge to minimizing the Machloket. I think that we should rule like Rabbi Yehuda and not allow it when the guy left inappropriately. And I think we should rule like Chachamim when he left appropriately. Well, that doesn't make sense because you just got through saying that if he left Shalom Rishut, everybody agrees it's no good. And if he left the absolute Rishut, everybody agrees it's good. So my Shalom Rishut, so what Shalom Yilam Elashut, Asur? How can you say that Shalom Rishut means going on a luxury uh, trip if uh, even Chachamim there would agree that you can't shave in such a case, right? Then you can't say Nir'in. I agree with Rabbi Yehuda in that case. I agree with Chachamim. That may, makes it sound as if they disagree about all of them. The Elo Limzonot. Shalom B'Rishut is Limzonot. Everybody agrees you're allowed to. Ela Pshita Laharvecha must be that the case here is Shalom B'Rishut is Harvacha. That means he went out to make extra money. Ema Seifa, Nir'in Diver Chachamim Shetzah B'Rishut. And Rabbi says, though, that I agree with Chachamim when you left, Birashut. My Birashut, Mutar. How can you say that Birashut means you're going out to earn a living? There's no dis- dispute there. Everybody agrees it's Mutar. Right, so you, the problem is that Rabbi presents the Machloket as being at least in two areas, because I say I agree with Rabbi Yehuda here and Chachamim here. And according to Abai, there's only machloket in one area, which is harvacha. Hachi kamar. So here's how we fix Rabbi's statement. Meaning, Rabbanon accept Rabbi Yehuda's stricture when you left inappropriately. That's a luxury trip. They only disagree about profit. Luxury trip, they agree. 
And Rabbi Yehuda agrees with the Rabban and accepts the point that it's mutar if you left appropriately. That's if you're going out to earn a living. Because he agrees if it's for mizonot. Good. We're going to continue on with the issue of of ones, of something that made it impossible for you to shave on before Yagdav. Version number one is if a baby is born in a cholamoid and he has some infant hair, a newborn hair that's uh, bothering him. You're allowed to shave him on cholamoid. He was in the worst prison possible. He was in the womb. He was inaccessible. Now, that's Bamoed in Bamekaralo. It sounds like Shmuel says only if he's born in Cholamoid, but not if he was born before. Meti Rabbi Pinchas, or Rabbi Pinchas has the following very interesting challenge. Any of the people that we said are allowed to shave during Cholamoid, like a, uh, somebody comes from a journey, somebody that's out of prison, etc., is also allowed in the same case to, to shave during his days of Avilut. In other words, let's say somebody uh, was let out of prison, um, uh, and um, and he's let out of prison in the middle of Avelut, so he didn't have a chance to to clean up before. He's allowed to shave them. And the equation seems to be that anybody who's not allowed to shave during Cholamoid is not allowed to shave during Avelut. And if you're going to tell me that a katan, an infant, is distinguished between an infant born on Moed and an infant born before, and say if he's born before, he can't shave, even the kid can't be shaven, then that means that if we pull the full equation, that means that we're applying Avelut to a minor. We have a Brita that we're going to deal with in detail later on in the parak that if a person, Lo'alenu, dies, and their child is a minor, then we tear the kid's clothes. Why? So that other people see it and feel bad, but not because the kid's really an Avel. So there is no Avel at the Katan. So how could you possibly create a distinction in the kid's shaving based on whether he was born in Cholamoid or not? Anybody should, any kid should be able to shave on Cholamoid to clean up his body on Cholamoid because otherwise we're going to start making him parallel to the Dean of Avelut. But Ravashi says your inference is no good. Just because it says if you're allowed to shave Cholamoid, you're allowed to shave as an Avel, doesn't mean that the same things apply Le'isur. In the case of Avelut, some are Mutar, some are Asur. He learned it differently. Shmuel said, you're allowed to shave a Katan Moed. It doesn't matter if he was born before or after or during. A number of Pinchas used this statement to be supportive. That are paralleled here. In his same inference, that it should be parallel to Isur. And therefore, we have to say a katan is always mutar, because otherwise we're going to start plugging Avelut into a katan. Right? So now Ravashi, what happened before was a defense, now becomes an attack against using that bright to support Shmuel, uh, because he says uh, you can't infer from the from the parallel of Moed to Avelut for Heter that you also have a parallel for Isur. Good. The next and final thing we're going to deal with is three characters that uh, are going to be brought together for a whole series of discussions, but we'll only have the first one today. 
And that is an Avel, a Minudet, we know what that is, and a Mitzora, somebody who is in the middle of their of their uh, status as being a Tzara, a Mitzora. Avel, Regel. So let's say it is, it's uh, the Regel, when Pesach is coming up, it's during Pesach, and somebody's an Avel. You do not behave as an Avel. Any of the behaviors associated with Avelut, Kfiatamita, Tiglachat, Atifat Rosh, etc., we'll deal with all of them in this parak. Do not apply in Varegel. Why? Shinemar v'samachta b'chagecha. Very famous pasuk, pasuk number one on the page. V'samachta b'chagecha. What's that mean? There's a mitzvah, the right of simcha. I'avelut mi'karahu. If you were an avel before yontif, so ati asay the rabbi medachei asay diachi. Then the public asay of samachta b'chagecha trumps the private asay of, of avelut. By the way, there's something else that they could have said is that even according to the opinion that avelut is the right, that's only the first day. So if you're an Avel before Yantif, by the time Yantif comes, it's already not the first day, which means you would say that the Doraita of Simcha of Yantov uh, is Doche, the Asei Durabanan of Avelut, but this is uh, as as good a, an argument in any case. And if you become an Avel on Yantif, the Asei of the private person is not going to come along and trump the public Asei of Samach Tabechagecha. Now this notion of a public assay having power over the private assay is really much more um, sociological and emotional than it seems from the get-go. It's not a technical issue, nearly as much the fact that samachta b'chagecha is something that affects everybody, and then everybody has to be sameach, and if they see a guy walking around looking uh, like an avel, it's going to detract from their simcha. And therefore, that's another component to the notion that you have to sort of, and it's not always easy, to sort of bend your emotional will to the needs of the public. Now, that's an Avel. Menuda. What about somebody who's a Nidui? Maushinog Niduyobaregel. The Nihugim of a, of a Menuda to walk around with his, uh, with his head, head cover, perhaps not to, not to be all thrilled, and of course that may not affect us on the Regel, uh, to distance himself from people, etc. Uh, does he do that on the Regel? Amar Rav Yosef Toshma. So Rav Yosef brings a proof. Danin Dinin Fajor Dinim Akov Dinim Note. On Cholamoy, they have uh, regular set of settings of the baiting. Which means that there's a regular setting of the Beitin, which means that they, he can be summoned, and if he can be summoned and refuses to come, they can throw him in Cherem. Now, if they can throw him in Nidu, he certainly is going to continue being Menuda. So if you think he's not supposed to behave like a Menuda during the Regal, then that means that you're saying somebody who was in Nidui before the Regal, Ati Regal Dochile, the Regal is going to come and push that off. So then how could we throw him into Nidui on the Regal? That doesn't make sense. So the notion of Yosef, the premise of Yosef is starting with is that if there is really a setting of, a sitting of the Beitin on Cholamoid, that means there has to be the possibility of summonsing somebody and of their refusal leading to Nidui. And if somebody does not behave as a menuda on the regal, then how could it be that we could engineer Nidui on the regal itself? Of course, there's a possible answer, which is that we could engineer it on the regal, but it wouldn't kick in until afterwards. So Abaye says, who says that this, the statement that they bait in uh, has, sits in judgment? Maybe that means that, that they don't call litigants in front of them, but rather they sit and discuss together how to deal with dinim that were brought up before. And Abayi says, here's a good proof, because you listed among the things that Beitim does, Dinan and Fashot, capital crimes. 
You mean that they actually finish the capital crime? Meaning that they actually execute something in Tov. If they do that, then the Beit themselves is going to be prevented from Simchat Yom Tov. How do we know that any of the members of the Sanhedrin are not allowed to eat all day uh, if they had to execute somebody? The Pasuk in Vayikra, there's Pasuk number two on the page, is a Pasuk that is referred to as a Lav Shebechlalut. It's a Lota say that has many, many applications. One of them has to do with eating from a korban before the dam was nizrak, one of them has to do with eating before davening, one of them has to do with the baiting that executes not eating that day. So Abayi says it must be because it can't be that baiting is going to fast on, on cholamoid, you're not allowed to do that, therefore they cannot execute seven-air cholamoid, therefore it must mean that that entire series of statements of what they do, etc., is not to actually execute it, but to discuss it among themselves, which means maybe there is no summonsing on cholamoid, and therefore no need to eat. So Rav Yosef's answer to Abayi is, you can't tell me that they don't execute on, on Regal because that is a delay of Dean. And everybody has a right to an extremely speedy trial and execution because Inuya Dean is a, is a prohibition. So the answer is Atom itself from Ainubidine. So Ariosov says, here's what they do if they have to kill somebody. They come in the morning, they discuss everything. And then they go and have a regular Yontif day back at home and eating and drinking. Then they come just before sunset. And then they have the final session and they execute him. And then that way they don't eat for the next, uh, what, half an hour until the day is over. Rabbiah tries to bring another proof. You see that somebody is a menuda, and our Mishnah says a menuda who's been released on Cholomoy can shave, meaning that up until that point he wasn't allowed to shave. Rabbiah says, look very carefully. It doesn't say that the Chachamim released him. Shitiru lochachamim, that they released towards him, meaning that it was directed towards him. What's that mean? The azal of the baldina. What happened was, it could be that there is no session. It could be that it's not possible to summon somebody on cholamoid, and therefore it's not possible to throw him into the nidui. What it means, though, is that this fellow went on cholamoid and made up with his co-litigant, and they made peace. And then they came to the rabbis, and the rabbis said, okay, you're off the hook because the, the, the case has now been thrown out. You guys reached an agreement, and therefore the, the um, content of court is dropped. Good. So which means that uh, a, the status of menuda behaving uh, as a menuda during the regel seems to be indeed the case, that a menuda does continue to do that. Um, Good. The last one is a Mitzorah. Okay? A Mitzorah, Maushin does he have to stay out of the camp and cover his face? And all these other things that a Mitzorah has to do during the Regal. And our Mishnah says that a Mitzorah who becomes Tahor shaves on Cholamoid. Obviously that means that if he not, has not been released, then he has to continue behaving like a Mitzorah. So no, Lomi Bayi Kamar. Now our mission is actually going in the opposite direction. Lomi Bayi Me Tumato Delo Nahig. Certainly, when he's just regular Tomei, it's regal, so it's Yontif, and he has to be Sameach. He goes back home and he behaves like a regular guy. Our concern is that if we if we have him shaved during the regal, 
maybe he'll delay bringing the Korban out and say, you know what, I'll bring him on the last day of Yontif, and that will be a violation because you're not allowed to bring korbanot of an individual on Yom Tov itself. Um, that's, of course, a little difficult because the Kohanim are reasoning and they would probably guard against that. So Kamash Palan, that's why the Mishnah says that a Mitzorah, in the way we read it, is a Mitzorah, even a Mitzorah who's becoming Tahor, uh, still can shave. Certainly a Mitzorah who's Tamei uh, does not behave like a Mitzorah. Marava Toshma Hatsarua, the last passage on the page, in three Psukim, it's there to tell you even a coin gadol could be a mitzvah. After all, coin gadol has the status of regel all the, his whole life every day. He has no avilut, etc. Even if some member of his family died right away, he could still bring korbanot like aharon with nadav and avihu. He just can't eat the korbanot. So if a Kohen Gadol can ever be a Mitzorah, that means there is Tzorah Baregel, because a Kohen Gadol's entire life is Baregel. Therefore we see that an Avel is not knowing Avelu Baregel, but a Menudeh and a Mitzorah continue with their distanced behavior during the Regel. So everybody should have a wonderful day. Tomorrow, Yitz Hashem, we will pick up, and tomorrow we will go into detail about some of the Isurim of an Avel, beginning with the Isur of Tisporet, cutting one's hair.